Welcome to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. Your source for everything outdoors. Let's kick it into overdrive. Overdrive Outdoors podcast brought to you by Predator Hunter Outdoors. Whether you are new to predator hunting or looking to upgrade your equipment, Predator Hunter Outdoors will have you hunting after the sun goes down. Carrying a full line of lights, night vision, and thermal optics, along with tripods, calls, mounting systems, and more, check them out at www.predatorhunteroutdoors.com or on Facebook at Predator Hunter Outdoors. Use promo code OVERDRIVE2021 for 20% off your order. Want to lengthen your time in the field and shorten your scouting time? Not only does the HuntWise app show you property boundaries, landowners' names, and in some cases even their phone number, but using the app will show you the wind direction on the map of the place you want to hunt. And the HuntCast feature shows peak movement times for various species, including predators. Get the HuntWise app at www.huntwise.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. For only $59.99 a year for Pro or $119.99 a year for Elite. Use promo code OVERDRIVE20 for 20% off an annual membership. Welcome back, everybody, to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. This week, it's me, Josh, and I am talking to Carrie and Kentre of Yote Ropes out of North Carolina. How are we doing today, guys? Doing all right. Doing um has it been 100 degrees down there too so you kind of staying inside not doing much hunting right now yeah pretty much <laughs> it's just been way too hot like um i think the hottest day we've had so far was like 98 yeah and i think it's like 94 here but it's like a feel like temperature of 100 in hell yeah. i have no idea but i'm like yeah, that's how it is here <laughs> up the inside do you guys got to worry about like chiggers and stuff where you're at oh my god yes oh yeah really <laughs> I've yeah. never seen those before. <laughs> they, they suck. <laughs> and I've heard that they, I've heard that they are, uh, they're pretty rough on your skin. They make you really itchy or something. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. They yeah. make you want to dig them out. <laughs> Do you guys got to worry about ticks then, still too, right? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, they're bad too. So you guys got a double whammy down there. Yes, we do. We don't. Do you get chiggers from like tall grass? Is that where they come out of? Yeah. yeah, tall grass, fields. If you it, sit on a log. Yeah, it don't matter either. <laughs> See, I've seen pictures that dudes have posted, and it's like, no, I don't think that's something I want crawling up my leg. <laughs> so what's the coyote hunting like in uh, North Carolina? Are you guys open season year-round? Yeah, it's year-round here. There's uh, no season on it. Um, there's some counties here that's – you gotta have permits to do it to then to night hunt and stuff like that. The some counties here don't allow it, but pretty much all the other counties around here allow night hunting with bee collars and you know year-round hunting. So I mean it ain't bad at all down here. Okay. Well, Kevin just joined us. What's going on, Kevin? How you doing? How you doing, guys? How's it going? I was looking around your guys' page and I saw pictures of black coyotes and that's really what 
<laughs> that that makes me just I want to go to North Carolina, South Carolina just to hunt those because a lot of people we know from that area shoot black coyotes. Yeah. You guys it's see a, them pretty often? Um we see them often, but not quite as often as you would think. Like um we've seen them in passing pretty much, but that one that you seen on the page, that was one of those got lucky nights and yeah. it just so happened to be a black coat and we didn't know what to think when we walked up on it. Like everybody, like the three of us was just excited about it because we were in that tournament and it was just like, man, we got to weigh this one in and take it back to the house <laughs> and get it mounted. Yeah. Being your first one, did you have kind of an old crap moment for a second when you saw it laying there? Oh yeah. Like we didn't know what to think. <laughs> we, at first, uh, at first, we thought we were messing around and shot somebody's pet. And then yeah. we got up on it and got to looking again. I was like, uh, you know, this is a black coat, right? Like, like, we just, we were stunned. Like, we didn't know what to think. I you shot. Got... Go ahead. Do you guys see any other color phases down there? Um, down east of us in Jacksonville, North Carolina, they have blonde ones. Really? Never, never seen a blonde one. I've, I've not seen a blonde one here. Yeah. But I, I've seen them multicolored, like blonde and tan and black together, but I've never seen a straight, solid blonde one. We've, uh, I've seen one black one up here, and we had, well, Edgar shot one that was all white, pretty much, I believe. Yep. Uh, yeah. You see fewer of those than you do, you know, the black or the other color phases. Mm-hmm. And then that real pretty white one that was brought in during the Great Lakes this year, that was, it was like pure albino, wasn't it? I didn't get that close of a look at it. Okay. I thought it had like the pink pads and everything like that, but uh, something we've never seen. Right. Um, you guys have bobcat season down there? Uh, yeah, we have a bobcat season. Uh, I, think it's I can't quote you on when it exactly is because we don't ever get that lucky to see them around here. It's either from like October, November to February or something yeah, like that. Something like that. Okay. Well, pretty much check your regs to make sure that everything's yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're hunting in season. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you do primarily all nighttime hunting? Um, pretty much. Like we've tried daytime hunting, but we've never really had any luck with it. Um, but nighttime seems to be the time for us. Okay. I know I know some guys that do daytime hunt and they seem to do better during the day than they do at night. So I guess just one of them things where if you got it figured out and it works for you, just go with it. What's a typical, I mean, like a farm setup where you're at, is it like mostly pasture? Do you call a lot of wood lines or what do you do? Um, a lot of them here is mainly like uh, pasture, looking looking over pastures and wood lines yep. pretty much. Um, we have uh, some spots where it's not, as much pasture but it's more woodline than anything but i mean and those ones have turned out to be some of the best hot spots we've had yeah like we've got one spot that is um pretty much surrounded by cutover and that has produced quite a few dogs out of it just real real thick out there oh yeah like there's places here like we have a farmer that we talk to often and he's always telling us he's like man he's like y'all come over here and y'all do some hunting and he's like 
y'all take three or four one night and then he says like i swear the next night it's like they multiplied out here he, <laughs> i mean it's crazy <laughs> one of them farms that keeps producing oh yeah hey you guys have a lot of hogs down there too where we're at no no but no but down east from us everybody says that's where they're at towards the beach yeah down toward the beach and everything down there everybody claims that they're down that way and i've been we've had people tell us that we have them here but as much hunting as we've done we've never come across not any kind of sign up yeah i know i've hunted down in louisiana before and they have kind of some weird rules on some of their animals like raccoons you can only hunt with a 22 and you have to use a white light and stuff like that do you guys have any kind of weird regs down there oh not really. Coon hunting, we can coon hunt at night. We use red lights, we use green lights, um, running with dogs. I mean, we don't have anything really off the wall crazy here. I know down there too, like up here, you're not allowed to shoot beaver at all. Down there, they're considered a nuisance animal and they want you to shoot them. I think it's the same way with like armadillos, which, you know, being yeah, from Michigan, we never see that stuff. So, do you guys have yeah, that on there too? I believe so. I'm not quite sure. We don't sure. have armadillos, but we do not, have beaver. Yeah, I know we have beaver and stuff, but I'm not quite sure on all that because I've never really looked into it. <clears throat> have you grown up? I mean, did you hunt your whole life? No, believe it or not, I didn't. I, I fished pretty much my whole life. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of it, people fish their whole life. But yeah. I, 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 grew up, <laughs> I grew up fishing and then. Um, in your 20s, in my well, I was like what 18, 19. I got with my oh, hunting yeah. buddy now, and uh, he was the first one to ever take me deer hunting, so I started doing that for a while, and then some things went a different way with him. And he got on the predator hunting, and we've kind of done away with the hunting deer and fishing, and now <laughs> all we do is predator hunting. I mean, it, we've we pretty much gave up on everything else because we just love the adrenaline rush that we get from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. What was your favorite kind of fishing to do? Crappy fishing. So that's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at. <laughs> like, I would rather go fight a crappie right now on a ultralight rod than go out and oh, yeah. get my mosquitoes. It's either that or catfishing. I mean, those are my two fun things I like to do. Like this, when it comes to catfishing, I just I, I like trying to hook up to the big ones to give you a fight. And I never seem to get anything over like 10, 15 pounds. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hook into one of the monster 35 pound fish or something. See, there was just the Michigan state record caught what a week ago, Kevin, we posted it on the page. It was like 53.4 pounds or something like that. I think the record here is a blue cat at 101 pounds. Cool, man. So do you, have you ever, do you eat catfish? I've done, I've done it once. We have. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm seriously don't know because my boys want to go to the river and try for catfish, but I'm wondering what the best like average size of one to bring home is. Why'd you probably, want to do it once? It was gross. Probably the smaller ones. Like, the smaller, like, the like maybe you're like five pounders. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try anything over that because everybody says anything bigger than that. Just, it don't taste right. Then you just deep fry them. Yeah, 
We had them in nuggets. They made catfish nuggets. Buddy of mine, he made catfish nuggets out of them, and they were pretty good. Breaded and deep fried. Yep. So, yeah, we've got got bullhead here that are small catfish, and Mm -hmm. they say that they're pretty good, but I've never caught one that was over, like, 12, 14 inches. I didn't know that they'd be worth a crap to take home and fillet. We always consider them a trash fish. Yeah, that's what I thought they were. If you know what you're doing, they're good. Right. Have you ever tried noodling? Say what? Have you ever tried noodling? Tried it one time. (laughs) It did not work out the way we planned. (laughs) I tell you what, get any? Nothing. The bait that was on it was gone. (laughs) Oh, no. uh, Dang, I'm thinking of jugging. Uh, noodling? No, I'm not sticking my hand in that hole not knowing what's in there. Uh, That's what I'm uh, saying, too. Uh-oh. I don't want to offer my hand to something to bite it. No. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, we, we have, we, we got, like, real big snapping turtles here. <laughs> and I'm not about to stick my hand in that hole and hoping that it's a catfish in the hole and not a, a damn snapping turtle. So yeah. like, I can't do it. There's right. a bunch of those guys that do that, like, for the big videos and stuff, they don't have all their fingers. Exactly. There's a reason why. I need my trigger finger. (laughs) So what is your nighttime setup? I mean, what caliber, what optics are you using? Um, I got two different ones I use. I use an ATN. I got an ATN Thor scope. I got two of those. And then I'm either using my bolt action Savage 22250 or so I'm using my Savage 22 nozzle. Man, those two calibers come up a lot. And the yeah. Creed more. And then my, my partner, he's hunting with uh, AR-10 243. Oh, my man. And <laughs> Oh yeah, it's nasty. Like, like oh, he's yeah. got me. He's got me kind of wanting to want to switch up now. Get me one. That's what I shoot. Bolt, uh, bolt action two forty three. Or Kevin built me a uh, AR ten two forty three, and I'm like, mm, that is my baby. That's Sleep how he is. When he, was, <laughs> he said he, what he told me the other night. He was like, uh, when I hit him, I want him to stay where they're at. He said, I don't want him to move. <laughs> right. Of the two calibers that you have, which is your favorite? Right now, I'd have to say that twenty-two, two fifty. That's a lot of people seem to be going that way, Kevin. My twenty-two nozzle, I just can't seem to shoot it because it is—it's loud, <laughs> and I'm waiting for my tax stamps to come back for both my suppressors to quieten both of them down. But right now, I honestly have to say it's that twenty-two, two fifty. How long have you been waiting on your tax stamps? Uh, let's see. I got <laughs> oh, am I bringing up a sour subject? Because I just went through this. I got one that's paper filed, okay, and it's at 280 days. Ooh. The deal on that one was the, the gun shop that I went to when I did the paperwork. I did the paperwork in January of uh, 21, and I sat until August trying to figure out, you know, what happened. I got a phone call about anything dealing with it. So call him up, and then he goes, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, it's on back order. We don't have that one in, so I couldn't send off the paperwork. Oh. So. Yeah, because they need so, a serial number on a, on a piece, right, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you smiled and said, okay, then I guess I'll wait even longer. I said, okay. I said, uh, <laughs> I said, well, what do you got in stock? 
that you can do for that same price. And he's like, well, I got the, what is it, the Omega 36M. He's like, I have that one in stock. He's like, if you want to do that, I can go ahead and do that and send off paperwork. I was like, yeah, let's do that. So it's sitting at, instead of being January when it got done, it didn't get sent in and like the check didn't get cashed until September of 21. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, so so I'm still waiting for that one to come through, and then my second one, uh, e-filed it, and I'm sitting at like 108 days on it now, waiting for it. But I keep seeing, uh, I'm in a fa- uh, NFA Facebook group, and I keep seeing everybody in there like, oh, I got mine at 78 days. I I got mine like like there was one guy that said he went yesterday, certified yesterday morning, and got his approval the same day. I've seen that one. Really? The same yeah. group I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he told a story on that, thinking, well, they're rushing them through because of blah, blah, blah. And I'm talking like, about oh. the ATF trying to shut down epithelials yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, so how does this work? But, but it's crazy because you'll see them go from, like, January to March approving. And it's like they skip February and then they go back into February. And it's like, <laughs> look, I've been waiting since February. Come on, like just give me my approval. Right. Like I'm, so yeah, it's it's a it's a sore, painful waiting game that I'm playing here. I, as soon but, as she started laughing, I knew that this was a sore subject around there. <laughs> oh yeah. I just think it's funny. <laughs> it's not though. <laughs> it, it hurts I mean, bad. Kevin, what was I, 13, I think 13 and a half months or something like that? Yeah, something like that. From start yeah. to finish. But Kevin's like, well, I told you, if you would have done it a year prior, you would have already had it by now. But <laughs> I get that, but it doesn't make the weight any better. Um, no. I, I shot a 22 nozzler for what, one year, Kevin? About that. And I think I ended up settling. The best round that I had was, Kevin, that orange tip, was that 55 grain or uh, 60 grain? 60 grain. That was, I had a lot of runners with that 22 nozzler until I put up, put, uh, started using those 60 grain that Kevin loaded up. But now I shoot that 243 AR10 and 70 grainers. And yeah, I'm not I, going back anytime soon. I haven't gotten one with mine yet. Um, I'm shooting, uh, Barmageddon 53 grains out of it. That should be pretty fast. And, uh, out of the 22 250, I'm shooting, um, I think it's Winchester something. No, I got a box of Winchester silver tips, I believe it was. 55 grains in those. And then I got some Varmageddon's in that for 55 grains too. Um, the 55 grain Varmageddon seemed to be doing the best out of it for me. A lot of people really like that Varmageddon round. I like it because it fragments when it hits. Like, I don't have to worry about it. Just take it off and... Because, like, some places we hunt, like, back down in the woods, there's other houses and stuff. And the last thing we want is for one of those rounds to go through, hit a rock, and keep on trucking through the woods and end up in somebody's house. So we try to find anything that's going to fragment on impact uh, so we don't have to worry about that. Where you're at, do you have a high population of people, or are you pretty open around there? Depends on where you get around here. Like, um, we're out in the middle of nowhere pretty much. Perfect. But, like, people starting to 
build. Migrate. Yeah, people starting to build houses and little suburbs and stuff starting to pop up. And like, it's like out here, it's not even like it used to be when we were growing up. When we were growing up, like, there wasn't a house on top of a house. Yeah. Like, it was, it was country living. Yeah. But now time. it's out here, now it's kind of. It's kind of getting ridiculous, but it's not to the point where it's like, I got to go find somewhere out in the middle of nowhere where nobody's around. But I mean, a lot of places that we hunt is, it's pretty much open. But like I said before, you just got to worry about back down in the woods somewhere because some places we can see street lights through the woods and yeah. it's like, all right, we can't shoot this way. And, you know, you just got to, just all sorts of things we, we just look for to make sure we're doing everything safe in the right way yeah. now when i was down in louisiana we had two biggest concerns down there one was snakes and the other one was gators uh we never seen either one when we were out hunting but what do you guys have down there i mean same thing ticks snakes yeah. ticks and snakes are pretty much the main thing it's gone and skunks. Uh, <laughs> now you don't run in, you don't run into many snakes all at night, do you? I don't know. I'm not looking for them. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> you wear snake boots? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I wear them, but I, I still don't. I still don't want to get close enough to find out. Right. Do you yeah. have venomous snakes? Yeah, we have. Yes. We have, we have, we have copperheads and timber rattlers here. And now we've got eastern diamondbacks. Yeah, apparently, like about what ten minutes. And the city, like the little city, about ten minutes from us, somebody apparently found an eastern diamond back in their flower pot. Oh, I didn't know that was all in North Carolina. And, oh, yeah. and we got water moccasins. So we've got costumes. water moccasins, don't we, Kevin? No. The only poisonous snake we really have up here in Michigan is that um, Masagua rattler, and those yeah. are pretty rare. Which, yeah, not very. I don't hear of anybody really seeing them anymore. We used to find those all the time under my grandpa's burn barrel up at uh, the cottage. So eventually, coyote hunting kind of turned into a business for you. So tell us about yoke ropes. All right. um, You want to tell it or you want me to tell it? I'll let you tell it. Well, I mean, they were the hunters. And I just, I was Girl Scout growing up. So I learned how to braid, paracord, thread, everything. and. The, his hunting buddy, which is actually our neighbor, was like, why don't you try making us drags? Because he had told me that they just used one single strand and it was super uncomfortable. It dug into your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, just, just see what you can throw together. So I made a few and they were good, but they weren't great. They're like prototypes, like yeah it was better than the one strand but like we'd go hunting and i'd use it and then i'd be like um okay this is what we need to change there could be something better done to make this a whole lot easier and a whole lot less painful (laughs) uh so we sat down we got to talking we tried different things and then we come up with the way the way we do them now and it just seems to be a whole lot better. And like everybody that has bought from us has not had any complaints um, at all. Like um, if you check out, uh, what is it? 
drop zone hunting on Instagram. Yep. Like he's a real big supporter of ours and uh, he's the one that holds the tournament that we get in a lot. And we sent a bunch of them down to him for, uh, for, his, for, for, for his tournament. We sent a bunch of them down to him for his tournament and he just loves them. And, he promotes us like crazy. And he sends me new ideas about yeah. every other week. He's like, hey, what do you think about doing this? And that's whenever we came up with the tripod hanger. And so far, I've seen that we're the only one that does that. I saw yeah. that. I just watched yeah. your guys' promotional video for that. Yeah, that was uh, uh, Alex from uh, Talk About It Outdoors down in Georgia. Yep. Uh, he uh, He's helped us out a lot, too. Got helped us get the name out there and he, he likes our products as well and everybody everybody just likes the way that we do business and how we're quick on our responses and we try to get everything out as quick as possible i mean it's just become one big ordeal like it helps me out a whole lot because it gives me something something new to look forward to as far always- as I- you always have to be testing products. So, I mean, you have to be. I know. Exactly. I know. He like, loves terrible. Them, so why not? <laughs> yeah, like, like the little hands, the little hand drag. I, I like that little thing. Like it come in handy one night. Uh, <laughs> I, got a, I got a funny story on that one. Tell it. Tell it. Because we got time. Well, we were. Which tournament was it? It was the second tournament. So it was the Onslow tournament. Yeah. All right. It was Timmy Ray's tournament. The. Uh, drop zone hunting tournament. Well, we were in that, and we were we were set up in the field, and we were sitting there. It was a three man, it was a three man team. So we're all sitting out in the field, sitting there talking, laughing, cutting up, you know. Hit the call, let off a couple piles and everything. Sit there. One opened up, back down in the woods. So everybody got serious. So we're sitting there, and here comes the dog. Comes up out of the bottom woods across the creek, comes up through there. Well, it was on my buddy's right side, so he had to get it. So he hit it with the 243. Yeah, the, the mighty 243 hit it. It didn't kill it. Lies. <laughs> well, well, the dog, he hit the dog. The dog rolled up and went about 75 yards and down so we sit there we send out a couple more calls you know a little distress call see if we get anything else to come into it nothing else has happened we've been here too long by now anyway so it was like all right let's let's get out here and get it and bring it back to the truck and do our little shake test video and everything and send it in i have a feeling i have i know where this is heading (laughs) (laughs) keep going you may be right we get I get we get down there. We look at this dog, dog sitting there, not breathing. Next thing you know, it raises up and looks at us. Takes off again. So my buddy, the other buddy that's with us, he's brought his rifle with us. We left ours on the stand. Yep. So we're behind him. He raises up with that 223 wild and he hits them twice. Rolls them. All right, dog goes down. So we walk over there again. I put the drag on the dog on my little my little hand drag. Where? <laughs> this <laughs> to be exact. 
I use this hand drag. I don't use it no more. This is my, you know, storytelling drag. <laughs> I put that drag on that dog and started dragging it up through the field. Next thing you know, I hear something breathing behind me. I've been there. <laughs> it stands up and tries to take off. <laughs> so I'm sitting here like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I said, it's trying to get up and walk away. <laughs> so we stop and we, we, we do the right thing and go ahead and put it out of its misery. We get to going again. This thing gets up again. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what these things eat over here, but they need to quit. And the sad part is that's the second one that we've killed there that's done this. <laughs> They're strong. So, so we finally get back up to the backpack, and they take the little 380 and go ahead and finish it off. And I turned around and looked at him. I said, I believe I'm about the only person in the world that can say they walked a wild coat. <laughs> I was like, I've never had this happen to me before in my life. The very first one I ever shot with a 243 was in daylight. And I was so excited to have shot one. I walked up to it. There's a big enough hole in it that the thing should have been dead. Um, I was shooting 100 grain soft point like a deer load. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I grabbed it, and there was seven coyotes that came in on that set, and I only shot the one. And all the coyotes kind of scattered towards all these different tree lines. Well, I go get this dead one, and I didn't have a drag at that point. This was, shoot, Kevin, 2007, 2008 probably, back on the Michigan Coyote Hunting Forums. And uh, I grabbed that thing by the back leg, threw it over my shoulder, and I'm walking up through the tree line. And all of a sudden, I kind of heard like a growl almost sound, and I got hit in the face with a tail. Well, that, one, that one was not dead, and its mouth was wide open, like right at the back of my calf. And I'm like, oh. yeah, I had to put that one down. But yeah, they coyotes, I think, of all the animals I've ever hunted, besides raccoons, raccoons can take some bullets. Uh, they are tough, but coyotes, I think, are some of the toughest animals. They are. they are like uh we've we've seen them one place we hunted at there was like six that come in we hit three out of the six but found one. Oh yeah and the one that we found his whole chest was blew out oh that was the 243 yeah yeah <laughs> most, definitely, most definitely the 243 <laughs> but it blew it there. I mean, it cleaned his chest had me out. Yeah. And that dog still ran another 75 yards before it dropped. Yeah. And if you and we're, shoot them, they'll run forever until they just go bloop. Yeah. They're super. And we're like, we're like, dang, like, what can take a hit from a 243 like that? Like, what other animal do you know that can take a hit like that from a 243 and keep moving? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it amazes us. Have you ever gone coyote hunting with him, Carrie? No. No, Not she won't go. I'm scared of things that I can't see in the dark. <laughs> I got you. I, I mean, my wife has gone a couple times and she's only seen them, I think, one time, but she, she doesn't do bugs. And if it's 80 out, she's still out there wearing a freaking sweater. And I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with that crap. <laughs> no, I, I was going to go one time, but I don't remember what happened. 
I think our daughter got sick or something, but I just, I decided not to go, but we've been sitting out in the backyard at night sometimes and we'll hear them open up behind the house. And that just, it gives me goosebumps and shivers when I come back at the house. I'm about, it gives me goosebumps too, but they're good ones. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going back about. in the house and grab the call and go back that, out to the exactly. backyard. Like, hey, like, Can you hunt right behind your house? Oh yeah, there's a massive cutover behind the house right now. Nice. Used to, used to it was all woods, but what the beginning of this year or end of last year? The end of last year. They came in and clear cut it out, so it's kind of like a little cutover out there now. What are you scanning with when you're night hunting? Um, right now, I'm I'm too cheap to go buy a thermal monocular, so I'm using my little ATN um, LT thermal. Oh, okay. I know a lot of people that have done that. That I, I normally use it. I normally had it on my 22 nozzle, but since I'm not using my 22 nozzle right now, and I got a 7.62 up from my 22 nozzle lower, um, I'll just use it to scan around with. And See, that's what I've been using. <laughs> See, it's not dark out there when you're looking through thermal, so just keep that up to your eye and you won't know the difference. <laughs> So how many um how many different products do you all offer at Yolt Ropes? Um so we offer the hands-free drag and the hand drag, and then we have a hand call lanyard if you use hand calls, and then we have the e-call remote lanyard, and those can offer be also be offered with padding. Yeah, I, I saw do that. a neoprene padding on it. And then we've got, I'm now getting ready to start offering the e-call lanyards to carry your actual collar and the tripod hanger small game drag. and the small game drag. I think that's it. Yeah. The tripod hanger you guys designed mostly for like photography by the looks of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I know I've, all the people that I see take, pictures of coyotes they usually hang them from the tripods and i'm like why and, not and a lot of them hang them like wrap their drags all around it and everything else it. so it's like why not come up with something that's shorter yeah and it can you, stay on your tripod yeah, the you whole can, time you can just loop it on your tripod if you want to and just keep it on there and just take it and slap a pole up in there and hang it from there and take photos and be done with it so out of curiosity are you shooting out of out of are you shooting off a tripod at night yeah. And how tall are you? I'm 5'11". Same height as me. Do you have to adjust your um, tripod higher for that uh, tripod hanger to work so the coyotes aren't dragging on the ground? Or is it short enough that 5'11", you know, your tripod setup works? I, I adjust mine higher. Okay. Like, well, I pretty much know where mine sits at real good, so I don't really worry about taking it and moving it and not being right when I go to use it again. Yep. So I'll just stretch mine out and then I'll take my picture. And then after I do that, I'll just stand there and slide it back down where I need mine to be at and yep. go. Cause I'm usually I'm adjusting mine anyways, depending on where we're at. Like sometimes it might be too high on the backside and I have to turn my tripod and see if that'll work. And if it don't work, then I have to lower it and everything else. So yep. I'm usually playing with mine anyways. Yeah. So how, when did you start this company? Um, technically. The end of last year. The December, end of last year. December 21. Okay. So you guys have been busy ever since then. Uh, on and off. On like, and off. 
things are kind of slowed down because of now. the heat, I think. Because of what? The heat. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> better go dive off of a, a boat somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> like, we, out. We've been told that like this time of year, everything starts slowing down because uh, we talked to a few other people that does things that deals with coyote hunting and. They're like, usually this time of year for them is the time it slows down. And once it starts cooling off again, they start picking back up. So it's one of those off and on things. This is my favorite time of year to hunt them is the summertime. It's not when it's 95 out. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of, we've had a lot of luck hunting in the summertime. Yeah. How does your, how do your winters get down there? Not as cold as yours. <laughs> Do you all it get may snow? snow here like twice? Like if oh, it snows it. here, yeah. If it snows here, it's like not even an inch. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my favorite kind of snow is when it's just enough that you can see tracks and go scouting properties. That's all I want. But my not wife is there going. Uh, I'm ready for it to be summer, and then as soon as it's summer, I'm ready for you to put the air conditioning units in. I'm like, why can't we just keep fall and winter then? I'd, instead, you want to keep begging for summer. So how long? Uh, we actually, actually, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say we actually have more ice than we do snow. Yeah, which is the crappy part. Yeah, but do you, do you get many weeks where it stays like in the negative temperatures? We never oh. get negative temperatures. Oh. Uh, Come on up for a, for a year. Just no, thank you. In, in pure I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but how long do you think on average it takes you to, if somebody were to call you tomorrow, say, I want a e-call lanyard, when, how, how soon are you going to be shipping that typically? I'll have it shipped out. If they call tomorrow, I'll have it shipped out either that night or the next day. Oh, so you're on it. And you got all different color combinations, or is they are they all custom? Um, I do custom ones. If I usually just ask them what colors they want, yeah, because, pretty much all of them's custom. Yeah, it just makes it easier. Yeah, and I mean, I th- I would think in some things you could have a stock of, but then that's all considered like overhead at that point, isn't it? Because just yeah. they're not getting used. I just do. I make them to order, and it usually takes me. Depending on what it is. Uh, hands-free drag. I've got two of them to make. I'll have them done tonight, and the shipping label slapped on them tonight before I go to bed. So, and on your hands-free, do you make them so they're adjustable? I mean, I do me, not. I'm, I'm just curious because I've had two different kind of hands-free right now, um, and one of them was just like uncomfortably short for me, but it worked for somebody who was shorter than me, like me. Um, yeah, yeah, just like the way that the animal drags. I want a coyote to be mostly on the ground with like maybe its head and neck off the ground when I'm dragging it. Do you agree to that, Kevin, or do you want more of it hanging? No, I don't want any of it hanging if I can help it for yeah. the most part. Yeah, so that's what I've struggled with with a couple different ones that I have tried is that they're just, it's almost not one size fits all for a, for a hands-free. Mostly our hands-free's. For the most part, the dog is is dragging. Like it's not up in the air. Like you might have not within biting range. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't got no that going on. That's for sure. <laughs> but like for a taller person, it might pick up 
the the head a little bit and the paws if you got around the paws it might pick it up a little bit but for like somebody like my height it, they're usually dragging completely like on the ground like you ain't got to worry about that and that's the way I prefer it myself because I've tried it shorter and with the shorter ones it's like they're on my heels and I can't stand it and it feels like it's going to trip me up and I'm going to end up falling or something so I told her, I was like, we just got to make them a little longer than normal. So that way that dog is not on my heels and it's dragging behind me. So I know that it's not going to trip me up or anything. So for me, that's the way I like it. I, I, I don't know how everybody else likes it, but seems like so far, everybody has gotten one. Complaints yeah, yet. nobody's complained about Good. it yet. So Good. Well, if anybody is interested in anything from you, where can they find you and how can they order? Um, they can find us either on Instagram or Facebook. You can just shoot us a message. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or we have a website. It is www.yoteropes.com. www.yoteropes.com. All right. Anything else from you, Kevin? All right. Why don't we finish up if you can? What do you think? your most memorable coyote hunt is that you can think back on right now, besides the ones you've already told. Had any just crazy sets that just, I mean, you killed eight of them or anything like that? It would probably have to be the one where where the six come out on us. Okay. We got there, and <laughs> we got everything out the bed of the truck, walked out through the field. And we were sitting there setting tripods and stuff up and looking at her, scanning the field. And next thing you know, we heard some some yipping coming down from the cutover about 400 yards away. And we kept standing there and heard it again. And we looked back that way. And next thing I know, six pop out on us and were coming straight to us. And we, we hadn't even got a call out. We hadn't even took our backpacks off. And like scopes were just down nuking to where we could yep. see stuff and it was like alright this is happening fast <laughs> so that one would have to be the most memorable one like that, it was quick and easy how many did you get uh, got, two got two no we got three but only only like got the one because that was the only one oh, we could okay. yeah I got you anything else Kevin nope all righty. Well, thank you all so much for taking the time. And for everybody that's listening, check them out at yoteropes.com, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate everybody who's listened. Thank you both for taking the time and uh, good luck to you. We will talk to everybody next week on the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you.